completion that you're needing and wanting. And so we see that there's this rich history that Jesus speaks into when he says, if anyone thirsts, come to me and drink. But there's also this rich promise in here. It's a promise for us. It's a promise for all people that if you believe in Jesus, you will receive the Holy Spirit. You believe it, you receive it. That our faith, us believing in God, believing in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the one sent from God, is what is the instrument that God uses to impart the Holy Spirit to us, to impart his salvation to us, to impart what we need to us. That's distracting. But we believe in Jesus and we receive the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit is what brings the promises to, of Christ to us. The Holy Spirit, is, this promise is not a small thing at all. It's not a side part of Christianity. It's right there smack dab in the middle of what it means to be a Christian. For the Holy Spirit was transforms us from the inside out. We can't live for Christ by our own power. We can't live for Christ with our own willpower. But the Holy Spirit empowers us to live for Him. That He's the one that takes dead hearts and makes them alive for Christ. He's the one that takes what Christ has achieved and it gives it to us. That the Holy Spirit is what takes former rebels of God, against God, and turns them into sons and daughters of the Almighty. That's what the Spirit does, is that He takes all that Christ has earned and achieved and applies it to us. That He brings about that new covenant that, that Jesus has promised that new covenant that now we live in a different way. We don't follow the rules and regulations to earn or achieve, but we live for Christ, and then we follow as he has commanded us because we have a new life given to us by the Spirit. That this is what it means to be a Christian. That we're empowered by the Spirit. Every walk we, can, we take, every step we take, the Spirit is working through us. This was this promise that Jesus made that when that uh, after his resurrection in John 20, when he saw his disciples again, and they were scared about the future, and they were worried about what's going to happen, he said, receive the Holy Spirit to give them comfort. This was a promise that was completed on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, when the, when the Holy Spirit came as a great and mighty rushing wind, and the tongues of fire landed on disciples, and what did they do? They went out into the streets and they preached the gospel that Jesus saves. And these people listening to him from all around the known world all of a sudden said, how is it that I am hearing them in my own language? And they marveled at this. And 3,000 people streamed to the, the rivers or the, the pools to be baptized because they believed Jesus was Lord. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It's no small thing. And the amazing thing is that same power, that same Spirit, resides in each and every one of us if we believe in Jesus Christ. That same Spirit is what's working in us so we can live for Christ. That same Spirit, it becomes those rivers of living water pouring out of our hearts. And I love that imagery because it's not stagnant. It's not, uh, it's not something just that we keep to ourselves, but it's pouring out of us. So that everything, every relationship, every person we come in contact with should be getting some splash on them from the rivers 
pouring out of our hearts. That changes us, it drives us, and we, we see how our whole life changes because we have the Spirit flowing as rivers of living water out of our hearts. What this means, it means that this, this imagery of this river means that it never runs dry. This, receiving the Spirit is not something that we have to keep on going back to the source and asking for the de- next little allotment. No, the Spirit connects us to Christ who is the source. And since we're connected to Christ, those rivers will continue to flow as long as we exist. Because we can never be disconnected from the source. We can never be revoked from being united to Christ. And so we're united and we know that we'll never run dry. This means that it affects everything we do. That if you believe in Christ and you have the Holy Spirit and it's flowing like rivers of living water out of your heart, that everything we do, everything we lay our hand to, is changed. That means how we work changes because we're following the Spirit's guidance. How we interact with people changes because we're following Christ's lead. How we love people and serve people, how we do this life changes because the Spirit is at work in our hearts and we are being transformed and we don't and we can't live like we used to before. That we're different and we live for Christ. As I said, this means that every person we come in contact to should feel that change should experience a little bit of what it means to have rivers of living water pouring out of your hearts. And that could become contagious. That affects people around us and they want that. They feel their need for that. So we have this great promise. If you believe in Jesus, you will receive the Holy Spirit. And it changes you. And there's no going back. Believe in Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit. And I love how the passage gives this monumental statement and then it shows the people's reaction to who Jesus is. And it's asking that implied question, will you come? Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, come to me and drink. And he's asking that, saying an invitation out there. And then we see how people respond to him and we see the many options that people, how people respond today. And so some people confess that he say, hey, he's the prophet. Other people say, hey, he's the Christ. And so they're, they're wrestling with this. They're seeing that he's sent from God. They're on the edge of belief. They're there. They're processing and thinking and, and applying it to Scripture. And I pray and I hope that every one of us can be there too, that we believe in Jesus as he says he is the Christ, the Messiah, the one sent from God, the promised one who saves us, that they were thinking and believing that he is the one they've been waiting for. And that's the truth we stand on here at River Valley Community Church, that we believe Jesus is who he said he is. We also see that some were questioning. They were hung up on where Jesus came from. They're asking that question, but he's from Galilee. Isn't the Messiah supposed to be from Bethlehem? Isn't the Messiah supposed to be from the lineage of David? But yet he's from Galilee. And so they were confused and they're questioning. They're not being, they're not being uh, combative about it, but they were honestly questioning. And he seems like the Christ. He's talking like the Christ. He's claiming to be the Christ, but yet he, we, he doesn't measure up with what we know. And so they're questioning and they're seeking answers to this question they had. And there's so many people like that 
nowadays, aren't there? Maybe they experienced a little bit what it means to be a Christian, or maybe they've seen um, Jesus through someone talking to them. Maybe they've read the Bible, but they still have questions, and they're asking, who is this man? What does this really mean for me? What does this mean for my life? And who's going to tell them who Jesus is? Who's going to share with them what this means? Oh, I hope it's going to be us. That Christians, not just this church, but Christians around the globe have the courage and the boldness that when people are asking questions, they see that as a good sign and say, well, we got some answers for you. I don't have all the answers, but I have answers that can lead you to truly see who Jesus is and know him and experience him and respond to him. So we see how people can be answering those questions, asking those questions. And we have the answers that we can share with them. And we also see in this passage, some people were marveling at who Jesus was. I love it. The officers, the ones that the the chief priests and the Pharisees had sent to arrest Jesus, they come back to the chief priests and the the Pharisees empty-handed, and they're like, what's going on, guys? You had a job, one job, and you didn't do it. And how do they respond? No one speaks like this man. This guy is amazing. They are marveling at him. They're not professing faith in him, but they're marveling at him. And it's my prayer that any time we can speak of Jesus, any time that we share Jesus, that people could have this response, that we can speak in a winsome way where we show them that they should be marveling and asking the question at least, who is this man that speaks with authority? Who is this man that promises to complete my, me, to save me. Who is this man? And so we're, we're encouraged and we should be, be pushing, in out, pushing into this and says these people are marveling and just need maybe some encouragement or the truth of the Bible to maybe push them over the edge and really believe who Jesus is. But then there's that last kind of group of people represented by the chief priests and the Pharisees who were kind of steadfast in the ignorance. They weren't going to move. Because how do they respond to people marveling at Jesus? Have you been deceived? One of their own number stands up, Nicodemus, who probably believes in Jesus at this point, and kind of trying to defend him and says, hey, whoa, whoa, aren't we judging him prematurely? Doesn't our own law say that we should listen to what he has to say? And what do they respond? Are you too a Galilean? Are you too one of his followers? They quiet him up. These people are steadfast in their ignorance. I don't know if you've ever come across someone like that. Someone who refuses to change their mind. Now, I've done that with other arguments. I mean, it's my MO, probably. Just refuse to change your mind no matter what, how much evidence people bring up to you. No, I'm not going to believe it. This is what they're standing. They were saying, he's from Galilee. This, this, this question of where he's from is so easily answered is laughable. Any one of his disciples probably could have taken him, hey, I know he lives in Galilee now, but he actually was born in Bethlehem. And we can trace his lineage. It's what they did in the, in the Gospels to prove that he's from Bethlehem. But yet, they refuse to look at the evidence because they're in, encrusted in their disbelief and they refuse to be budged. There's people like that nowadays that refuse to be budged. What is our hope talking to them about faith? Our hope is the Spirit. 
For that same spirit that can push the people who marvel over the edge, that, that same spirit that can answer, help us answer the questions that people have in a satisfactory way, that same spirit can take a hard heart that is encrusted in disbelief and change it to one that's malleable and beats for Christ. That same spirit that can change someone that can change someone who doesn't disbelieve into belief is the same spirit that we all have experienced because we once were there. You too, before you know Christ, were in that place of ignorance and darkness. You too refused to believe and no amount of evidence would convince you. You too were lost in hopelessness and were destined for death. But that same spirit changed you. And that same spirit is our hope when we speak the truth, love, and winsomeness to our neighbors who are encrusted and, and stuck in their unbelief. It will convict. The Spirit can open eyes. The Spirit changes hearts. The Spirit is what gives us hope that when we speak about Jesus, we're not just saying words. We're speaking the truth that has power that can change people. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, when you go out into the world and you speak that truth, you don't go out empty. Go out as someone who has rivers of living water pouring out of your heart because you believe in Jesus and you're united with him. And so you go out as one that carries life with you. And people can hear the words of the gospel be made alive. Not because of you, but because what you carry with you. Because you're carrying Christ. You're carrying the Spirit. You're carrying what it means to be made new in his way. And people can see it. They can taste it. And they can experience when we go and share the truth of who Jesus is. And it can change them from the inside out, just as it has changed us from the inside out. Believe in Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit. And then share with people, because that is a gift that's not meant to be caught up in ourselves, but it's meant to be pouring out on this dead world, be made alive again. Jesus made this promise it was to come, and it did come, as I spoke. After his death, after his resurrection, after he ascended, uh, ascended into heaven and he sits on the right hand of his Father, the disciples received the Holy Spirit in that bold and new way at Pentecost, and they preached the gospel, and that same Spirit is alive in this church and all churches that preach the gospel and know Jesus Christ today is at work at us as the church expands across this globe, expands through communities, expands through families, that spirit's at work when we believe in Jesus Christ and know he is the Son of God. And that is our hope. The present reality that the Spirit is at work that is going to bring about his plan, God's plan, and will bring us home at the end. And so no matter what is happening, no matter how the ways of the world seem to defy our belief and our morals and our standards, no matter what the government does, no matter how we can lament the, the, the church in our present day, we have hope because we have something more powerful than all of that. We have the Spirit, the sign that we have received from Christ that we are His. We have the Spirit, who, which is the seal that marks us as Christ. And this same Spirit will deliver us to God. That we're signed, sealed, and delivered. Believe in Jesus Christ. 
to receive the Spirit. We have that hope. That is our hope. We know how it's going to end. We know He's going to empower our ministries and He's going to take us there. So let's pray to God. Let's thank Him and then let's share other, to other people the truth of who He is. Pray with me. There, Father, thank you so much for your Spirit. That connects us to you, that connects us to Christ, that builds us up and empowers us to live for you, that changes us one decision, one action at a time, that works on us so that we can walk in your ways and not our own. Lord, I pray for all of us that we have known the truth of who Jesus is, that we know we have received the Spirit, that we can follow him, pursue him, that we can share who he is with everyone around us so that they too can know him. Lord, we love you, we seek you, and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.